Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Thrive Sermon Series. During this series, we're exploring what it means and looks like to thrive in Christ. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Well, good morning again, everybody. We're glad you're here. We're going to release our children ages four through grade eight to go down to the children's ministry wing for classes. So if you're one of those kids, just head on down there. Uh, This is our third week in the series uh, of our Thrive series, and we hope you're participating. We hope you're reading the daily devotions. Hope you're memorizing the weekly scriptures. I want to challenge you to do that. If you're on Facebook with me, uh, you know I've been working on this week's uh, memory verse, so I want to encourage you to do the same thing. As we prepare for this message, would you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we want you to speak to us because we want to know how to thrive, Lord. Uh, We want to recognize that you have called us and you desire for us to thrive. So Lord, speak to us. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in this series called Thrive. I'll remind you what this series is about. It started out, we looked at John chapter 15. We looked at the fact that Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is the one who desires for us to bear fruit. So what's the fruit? Well, if we go into Galatians chapter 5, we see that the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so each week we're looking at one of the different fruit of the Spirit. Last week we looked at love. If you want to listen to that message, you can listen to it on our podcast. Today we're going to be looking at the fruit of of joy. Now before I dive into that, I'm just going to remind you just some of the basics that we understand about the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what the fruit of the Spirit are. They are godly character traits that arise in Christ followers, people who believe in Jesus, because the Spirit is working and living through them. You and I receive the power to bear those fruit because we have Jesus in our lives. But you and I bear the responsibility for developing and displaying the character traits of the fruit and the spirit. I hope you understand this. You you know, uh, as a follower of Jesus who's been filled with the spirit, you are not um, under Holy Spirit control. You have the opportunity to say, Holy Spirit, I don't want that. You can hold the Spirit at bay. Now listen, the Holy Spirit only has good things for you, but you and I can stiff arm the Holy Spirit and, and, and not respect the Spirit and not do what they want. So with that in mind, one last thing about the fruits of the Spirit. You and I are responsible for putting off, taking off those bad character traits that we all have, that sin nature, and putting on the fruit of the Spirit and those things that are are good character traits. So let's talk about joy. What brings joy to you? Maybe it's watching a child. 
Maybe it's watching a child laugh and giggle and just uh, enjoy life. Maybe it's watching a sunrise or a sunset. Uh, for some of you, it would just be a sunset because you're not joyful to see the sunrise. It's too early in the morning. But, uh, uh, you, know, you know, maybe it's going to a wedding and, and uh, seeing uh, that beautiful commitment that a couple is making to one another. Uh, you know, maybe it's watching your favorite team win. Uh, so I, I don't know what it is, but, but here's what I know for all Christ followers. This is unanimous. This is something that we all have to own. We all have to, to just embrace. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we must find joy in the truth and the fact of our salvation. We need to own that. We need to rejoice in that. We need to recognize that we have a God who loves us so much that he did not want us to be eternally separated from him. So he sent his son to earth to live a life like ours so that if we believe in him, that we would not perish but receive everlasting life. So we need to rejoice in that regularly. We, we need to say, God, thank you. I, every day we need to do that. That's our supreme reason for joy. One writer has said this, true Christian joy is both a privilege and a duty. Uh, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's a joyful life that he desires for us. On the night that he was betrayed, two times we read in the Gospel of John that Jesus referred to the joy of his disciples that he desired for them to have and he desires that for you and me. So, so Jesus has done all of this to make it possible for us to, to live a life filled with joy. Filled with joy as God, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit envision it for us. And that's important for me to say because sometimes we look to the world for joy. We're talking about looking to God for joy. So we can't just sit around waiting for our circumstances to make us joyful. We're commanded in scripture to be joyful. We're to rejoice always, as Paul said. Uh, he says it emphatically, a joy is not an option available only for those who have a temperament conducive to joy. We're all supposed to be joyful and express that joy and, and be a part of it. God intends that every one of his children exhibit the fruit of, the, of, joy, of joy. Just being joyful is not enough. Uh, we should continually seek to be growing in joy. In other words, these fruit of the Spirit, as I said, don't just happen to us. We have a responsibility. This makes sense to me. I'm going to read a scripture to you right now that, that's not going to be on the screen. But if you've got a pen and you're taking notes, write this down. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 13 and uh, 14. Excuse me, uh, 12 and 13. Paul writes, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, you may, I remember some people think that he's saying you need to, to work for your salvation. That's not what he's saying. He's saying work out living, being a follower of Christ. He's saying it's God who works in you. God gives you the power to bear the fruit so that you will act and as, a, as an act of your will to fulfill his good purpose in you. God has a good purpose for you, and he wants to see it happen. So with that being said, 
how do we bear the fruit of joy? How do we let it grow? How do we encourage it? How do we fertilize it? How do we make that fruit increase? I'm going to give you three points this morning if you're taking notes. Here's the first one. Choose joy. Choose joy. I'm going to turn this thing off. It's bothering me. There we go. It's like a big fly back there. It goes, it wasn't giving me joy. It was giving me distraction. So choose joy. So we're going to look at a scripture that's from the book of Nehemiah. And uh, the book of Nehemiah and the book of Ezra in the Old Testament are, go together. And here's what you need to know. I'm going to give you the context of, of the book of Nehemiah. This is uh, written uh, after the... Babylonian exile where the, the Jewish people from Israel, predominantly the leaders, the, uh, uh, the folks who uh, had uh, skills and gifts and talents that would serve well in another kingdom. And so the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar came and basically captured uh, the, the best of the best leaders in Israel, uh, made them slaves and took them away uh, to Babylon. That was in uh, 538, uh, 597 B.C. In, in 538 B.C. when uh, uh, Cyrus the Great uh, of Persia conquered Babylon, the captivity ended. And many of the Jews who were in Babylon uh, began to come back. Uh, not long after that, uh, the king of Persia allowed the temple in Israel to be uh, Reconsecrated so that uh, Israel could worship at the temple and it could be holy to God. And, uh, and then um, Nehemiah came back and he built the wall around Jerusalem because without a wall, while they could worship in the temple, they weren't safe. Uh, they, they were at the mercy of anybody that wanted, any army that wanted to come in and attack. They needed fortified walls that would protect the inhabitants, inhabitants of Jerusalem. And so uh, what Nehemiah was able to do was able to come in and rally the inhabitants of Jerusalem to rebuild the wall so it would be safe and secure. And at the end of this, we read in the book of Nehemiah that, that uh, Ezra the priest read from the book of the law from dawn until noon. They came together to celebrate what God had done. And Ezra said, let's read from the book of the law. And while he was doing it, they, the uh, Levites helped give explanation to the people. So they had come here to celebrate that they were safe and secure. They wanted to worship God. And they're reading the book of the law. And, and this is where we pick up in verse 9 of chapter 8. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, relax, for this is a holy day. Don't grieve. What's going on here is this the wall has been completed, they want to celebrate. So people have prepared choice food and sweet beverages to have a party and celebrate. But Ezra the priest said, let's, let's worship God first. And 
the way they wanted to worship God was to read from the book of the law. And as they're reading from the book of the law, something happens in that group. Because some of these people, quite honestly, are hearing God's word for the first time because they've been in exile. They haven't had access to it. They haven't had a priest that's ministered to them or they've just fallen away in Jerusalem because it was in disrepair and the temple couldn't be used. So some people who had been born during the exile are hearing it for the first time. And other people who who knew about it, who had heard it from their parents, uh, remembered God's promises that were revealed in God's word. And they were overwhelmed because they began to recognize that God had promised to be their redeemer, uh, to to be their comforter, to to save them and protect them. And so they see how God has answered their prayers, even though they have strayed from God. They They have left God because of their circumstances. They have been praying for their exile to end and for them to be returned to their homeland, Israel. And that was happening. They had prayed for the temple to be able to be used for the worship of God and it had been consecrated and restored to worship of God. And they had prayed that they could come back to their city, their their homeland, and be safe and secure and live at peace as free people. And now they could. The walls were rebuilt. The gates had been restored. People could enter and people could come in and be safe And they realized how God had answered their prayers. And they began to weep. And they began to grieve for their sinfulness, for the distance, for their lack of trust for God, for what they had lost. But Nehemiah, did you catch what he said? Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. He said, do not grieve For the joy of the Lord is your strength. He's saying, listen, I know you're sad, but choose joy because God has done all this for you. He is your redeemer. He is your guide. He is your comforter. He has done that. He is the rock of your salvation. He has come to rescue you and redeem you, and he has done it. So choose joy. Celebrate. Rejoice. That you have a God who hears your prayers and who has redeemed you out of the pit. So don't cry. Choose to rejoice. Don't weep. Be happy. Don't grieve. Rejoice. Choose joy. That's a lesson that you and I need to learn. You know, life is, is difficult sometimes, but God is good. And we need to recognize that, and we need to choose to rejoice in our Redeemer and our Savior and our God who provides for us and takes care of us. You know, Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble. He didn't say that we would never have trouble or difficulty, but he did promise to be with us. And we have the promise of the joy of our salvation. So choose joy in all circumstances. That's the first thing that you and I need to to understand. Choose joy. It is an act of our will to choose joy. An act of our will 
to act in order to fulfill God's good purposes. So let the fruit of joy overflow. Choose it. Here's the second thing. Find joy. Find joy. You need to go looking for things to rejoice in. Jesus tells this story about some people who found treasure. They went looking for treasure. And so we read in the Gospel of Matthew, the kingdom of heaven is like, a tre- is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking, looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. There's treasure all around us. The riches of the gospel of Jesus Christ are all around us. We need to ask God for eyes to see it. We need to open our eyes. We need to go look for it. We need to rejoice in what God is doing. We need to rejoice in what God is doing in our lives, what he's doing in other lives, what he's doing in this ministry, what he's other doing in other Christian ministries. We need to rejoice in what God is doing. And when we see it, we need to come alongside it and celebrate it and rejoice. So you need to look for joy. You need to, if, if, you, if you find a treasure in a field, rejoice. You, you know, as I've thought about this myself, I said, you know, we have many reasons to rejoice. And in this, in this past month, I can just name a few. You know, I realized that, you know, over this past year, we've seen 26 people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's a reason to rejoice. And we've we've baptized 28 people. That's awesome. You know, we we started the year with only 11 life groups, and now we have almost double that. Those are reasons to rejoice. We're adding to our staff. David and Amber Seiler will be coming here in a little over a week and a half. We're excited about that. We sent a young woman off to mission, uh, mission work. Uh, we celebrate that the Wookas are here, but they have something for, to share with us about how we can have a part in, in loving on kids who need love, rescuing, from, rescuing them from dire circumstances. We've seen people say, wow, God is working in this new study that we're doing to to help me see that God wants me to go deeper. We have to open our eyes and look for joy and celebrate it and come alongside of it. Now, some of you are probably thinking, wow, uh, that's really cool, but I'm not sure I can think of something to be joyful about. I, I understand that. As I said, life is hard. Life can be difficult. And sometimes uh, the things in life that happen to us cause us not to look for joy. And let me just give you a, a couple of reasons you may not be experiencing joy. One of the most common hindrances to joy in our life is sin, unrepentant sin, or a sinful attitude. You know, King David, when uh, he committed his sin of adultery and he owned it and repented. We we read in in Psalm 52, these are his words about his sin. And one of the things that he says is this, in, in the 12th verse, he prays, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Do you need to pray that prayer? 
Is there some act of sin or some attitude of sin in your life that you need to confess and repent of and let God restore you to the joy of your salvation? Then do it. There's another reason you may be struggling to see joy, and that may be that you're, you're uh, boasting confidently in your works instead of God's works. Uh, God wants us to boast in him. Uh, we need to be confident in what God is doing through us. We need to have the attitude that, that nothing we do, we could do without the grace of God in our lives. The circumstances of this life rise and fall, but Jesus is with us and will work in our lives. So we need to boast in him. The, the third area that we need to own is this. You know, sometimes God disciplines his children. That's right. Sometimes God needs to discipline us. Scripture tells us that. You know, maybe God's disciplining you for something in your life, some attitude, some behavior, uh, you know, some uh, issue that you haven't. Just say, God, reveal that to me so I can be restored to joy. And then the final thing, just maybe you're going through trials. You know, as I said, Jesus didn't promise us that we would not have hardship, but he promised to be with us. If you're going through trials, sometimes that can be a hindrance to joy. The reality is God wants us to find joy. If there's something impeding you from finding joy, ask God to reveal it and then do whatever it takes. Confess that sin. Boast in God. Accept the discipline and say, God, I want to be filled with your joy. Persevere through the trials, whatever it is. Find joy. Here's the third thing I want to say. Third and final. Spread joy. Spread joy. If you found joy, don't be selfish. Spread it so somebody else can experience. If you've experienced the joy of the Lord in some way, share it with somebody. Whether they recognize your faith in Jesus Christ or not, share with them what God has done. What, and it's a way to witness to people. Joy is contagious. You know, watch a little kid who's joyfully doing something and uh, you'll begin to feel joy. You know, Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice in the Lord. We need to rejoice in the Lord. Uh, we, need to, we need to do it always. So, you know, here's the, here's the thing about joy and all the fruit of the Spirit. It's an act of our will to, to accept the power from Jesus to work on bearing the fruit. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you this week to memorize Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say it several times a day and let it well up inside of you. I, I want to encourage you to do those daily devos in the Thrive Study so that, so that God can permeate your heart and your mind with his word about joy. And finally, I want to pray for you. For all of us. So would you just stand with me? Because I want to pray over you and I'm going to ask you just to do something very simply, but I'm just going to ask you to hold your hands open like you're going to receive a gift to, to receive this prayer. So let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for the joy of our salvation. Lord, restore Restore the joy of our salvation to us. Let us rejoice in that every day. Let us be, let us marvel that you would say, I love 
you and I want you to receive the joy of my salvation. Oh Lord, let us, let us choose to be joyful. Let us look for joy. And when we see it, Lord, let us share it. Let us be real about it. Let us own it. And Lord, if there's anything impeding our ability to receive joy and see joy and experience joy, Lord, uh, give us the courage and the faith to do what it takes to walk through that, to, to deal with sin, to deal with arrogance, to deal with whatever it is that's impeding us for owning and receiving and seeing joy. Lord, we're your sons and your daughters. Lord, we have the power to see joy and feel joy and, and express joy because of what Jesus, but it's our responsibility. So Lord, we commit to you to be people, uh, joyful people, to, to own it and to love it, to, to sing joyful, joyful, we adore you. We do, Lord. So Lord, hear our praise of joy now. We pray this in your name. Amen. I've got an idea how to spread some joy. I'm, uh, I'm holding this nice first place trophy for a uh, trunk or treat. Trunk or treat's coming up on uh, October 29th. And it's very simple. It's a way we reach out to our community. We uh, decorate our cars in, in uh, nice little themes. And we have candy in the car trunks. And you can come around and get some candy. So uh, I'm going to win this this year. Okay. Um, I challenge you to try to beat me. You can sign up. You can find out information at the uh, children's ministry table out in the cafe. I encourage you to do that. So look, this is a way to spread joy, to share with people that, uh, that followers of Jesus have fun and are joyful. So I challenge you to do that with me. Uh, here's one other thing that's joyful. I, I want to make a little announcement. Uh, you guys know that uh, David Seiler is coming on as our youth pastor in a, in a few weeks. And um, Dan's been serving as our director of student ministries over the past five years. And, and when he came here, he, he received the title of uh, director of student ministries. And, and yet we knew he had been ordained by the church that he served before here. And as he's moving over to uh, worship and other responsibilities, we, we thought we should honor him and recognize him as an associate pastor here at Valley Brook, uh, leading over ministry, uh, worship and others. So, so we're, uh, we're glad to have you. Make him, make him feel uncomfortable. But uh, we, we just want to honor him and bless him that way. And uh, so uh, just give him a hug and uh, call him Pastor Dan. And just, uh, <laughs> so, hey, look, I, I want to just share a blessing over all of you as we go out. And uh, we've got the joy. Let's share the joy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you for the joy of our salvation. Lord, we thank you that, that uh, you uh, give us the power to feel joy and express joy. Lord, help us let it well out. Let us be responsible and do that for your glory, for your kingdom, and for your honor. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go in peace. The prayer team will be up here if you want to pray with somebody. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. It's our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information about Valleybrook Community Church, please visit our website at valleybrook.cc.